Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for ten dollars. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's mulch for just ten dollars. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through four seventeen. Not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on nineteen ounce pots. See store for details. U.S. only. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree, rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. This is Forbes Under 30 on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Goldblum. On the Forbes Under 30 podcast, we talk to young innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs. Today, I'm speaking with Elon Zakori and Tom Lehman. They're the co-founders of Genius.com, a website that allows people to annotate their thoughts about the meaning behind the words of songs, poetry, news stories, and more. It's like a giant cultural pop-up video slash classroom Symposium. Does that make sense, Elon? Tom? Honestly, I, that's what I'm going to start saying. That's an amazing explanation, and thank you so much for having us on the podcast. Let's just talk about annotations first. Has it has your business changed over the years? Do you want to tell us some of the iterations that you guys have gone through? Yeah, it's changed a ton. You know, I think our business has changed. The company's changed. I was just thinking because you said let's talk about annotations. Just annotations themselves uh, have changed a lot. Uh, in in, it, in the first iteration, an annotation was almost like its own blog post. You know, we kind of had uh, e- we were checking each other's uh, annotations before we made them visible to the public, and each one had to be uh, perfect. And I'm, I put that in air quotes because if you read them now, they're really bad, terrible. But they've really evolved uh, uh, a lot as the product has evolved, as the community has grown to be something much, much, much more collaborative. So if you go to a popular song right now and click on an annotation, it's likely that dozens of people have actually participated together uh, in creating that uh, in a sort of chaotic, beautiful system, as opposed to uh, me and Tom uh, editing each other's you know, British-style quotes and stuff like that. And it's kind of s- subtext for what you're thinking, right? Like what, what things mean, what people think about them, whether it's a news article, whether it's a video, whether it's a song. I mean, it really started with a song, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what you said, you know, pop-up video for all of, of human culture gets at it pretty well. Another thing I like to say is um, <clears throat> subtitles for what people are really saying. So instead of just the words that are literally coming out of their mouth, uh, you can get a sense for, you know, what's actually being said on a subtextual level. But it's evolved a lot. I mean, I think annotation as a literal idea about saying something uh, about uh, some other words is is very still very, very, very important. But there's a broader idea of annotation um, that gets at looking deeper kind of generally into art and culture. And so as, an, as a great example of this, you know, there's a, a movement uh, on Genius called Producer Genius, which has been there since the beginning, which is uh, dedicated to going, uh, to looking deeper in, in, into how the non-lyrical aspects of, of music is made. And so, for example, we just did a really cool uh, collaboration with Michael Almeida to look into how he created uh, the beat for Black Beatles, um, which is now, you know, blowing up because of the, uh, the Mannequin Challenge thing. And so that you know, video, it's a great video and it kind of in the most literal sense is not related to, you know, clicking on a line to learn what it means, but it's related to this, a larger idea, which is seeing the thing, being interested in it, 
looking deeper and appreciating it more. And so, you know, we are, are about that idea and have, have kind of grown into encompassing uh, that idea more broadly. Guys, I have an idea. Go, Go say. Okay, listen. What if we take dating websites and text messages in relationships where people and, and we unpack what they really mean? So if I get a letter and she says, you know, I'm really busy. I'm not uh, I'm slammed. I have cousins in town. And my original question was, hey, are you free Friday? I have cousins. in town. if I keep getting that and then you guys could say, uh, forget it. Yeah. Like, what does it really mean? We actually when we, you know. You're going to uh, tell genius, me you've already done this. Rap Exegesis, Rap Genius was not our first project that we built together. It was not our first idea. Maybe it was like sixth or seventh. One that we never built was basically what you're talking about, which was um, a sort of crowd crowdsourced, you know, what's the meaning of texts, not with annotation, but kind of like you send to the system uh, the text message exchange and some sort of crowd comes back to you and tells you what you should say. We, and we actually had the URL for that and we never built it. All right. That All gives right. you a sense into like our we, vibe. We were, just, someone tell me what to say. <laughs> yeah, someone tell me what to say, and I'm lonely. Was the vibe? I'm well. Listen, I'm just lonely here in California, and I have something else for you. I'm, I'm sort of curious about this in this odd political climate that we find ourselves in right now. I, I, I'm sort of annoyed with pundits right now, but one pundit who I, I think is really smart said that we need to really you know, inform and not affirm ourselves on, on, on sites and, and articles that we find. And, and can you talk about how Genius.com could bring in more diverse voices moving forward with news and stories? Sure. I mean, you know, I think the idea behind the Genius Web Annotator is to give anyone the power to zone in on the exact sentence that they either disagree with, agree with, or have something else to add to add their thoughts to that and have uh, uh, the wisdom of, of, of the crowds evaluate um, and uh, uh, sort of surface it based on, you know, how important it is for someone else to read, whether or not it's, it's um, you know, quote unquote correct. And so getting that diversity of opinions in has been our, um, you know, goal in music since the beginning. Obviously, music can spawn some pretty uh, intense debates, but, you know, we figured out a way to um, have you know, various sides of, 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 of the story there come together and produce something valuable no matter who you like or dislike. And, um, you know, the, the news is definitely a very different challenge, but that's sort of the same idea that we're trying to push forward there. And there's, this is Elon, there's an, there's an element of, of what, is, what are the stakes of annotation of the news as you go in the present? And then also what are the stakes and the, and the sort of terms of annotating stuff from the past and how does that serve a function uh, for historical analysis? And so we've done a lot of, and have a community that's done a lot of annotating the news uh, as you go. And then the question is, okay, what is this annotation? Is this someone's opinion? Uh, what is this, is this their projection uh, of, of, of what's going on and what's going to happen? Uh, now, I think you could look back at uh, the last couple of years of newspapers, uh, magazine articles, uh, political coverage, political prognostication, uh, and you know, historians and analysts and, and regular folks are looking at that stuff now and quoting it and thinking about it and reflecting on it. And I think we're already seeing a lot of people going back and annotating things written a month ago, written six months ago, written, written two years ago, and saying, look at how the present moment is redefining the meaning of what has been written and how people interpreted their present then. So uh, annotation is, is a, is a great way to call stuff out. Uh, sometimes it's speculation and sometimes you have more data and information with which to call stuff out. But, 
the media, uh, there's a lot of navel gazing in the media. There's a lot of think pieces being written about the media. I think annotation of news is more important than ever. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Upside, the smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code Forbes and you're guaranteed at least a $200 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card, Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See the site for complete details. In terms of unpacking speeches, like politicians who not to name names, you know, reach people on a, on a deeply emotional level. If you unpack the transcripts of what they say, it's, uh, it's astonishing to see what, what they really aren't saying. And, um, and I know you guys have done a little bit of work with the Washington Post, right? Yeah, that's right. Washington Post, one of our uh, uh, best partners on the web annotator front. And um, yeah, they've done some really cool things. We'll have to do more with them. So somebody like a David Farenthold, the guy that broke the like charitable stories of trust, right? lack of charitable uh, givings with 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 Trump, um, w- would you say like how do you bring people into a news story uh, of somebody that's covering politics? How do you invite more? How does how does Genius dot com support that? Well, I think it's gonna you know it's, it's, everything's very fluid right right now. Uh, there is a big open uh, wound uh, going on right now in politics and culture and the media, and there's a lot of scrambling uh, for what's going to happen. You just turn on the TV. Uh, for example, and to see how these pundits and commentators are uh, relating to power and relating to the power structure, see how the politicians are relating to it. And it's very, very, very fluid. And yet every day the newspapers are being published and the content farm is creating content and the role of criticism and skepticism uh, and analysis is more important than ever. And so as these articles are coming out, uh, we have and are calling on uh, really intelligent and thoughtful people to use annotation to uh, get right into it and say, hey, like, notice this, um, watch out for this. Um, here's, here's a way that this is connected to this other thing. And, you know, we're going to have to tether uh, people to, uh, to reality as, as everybody figures out uh, how political language works. You guys have been around together for a little while. And people say that it's not a good idea to mix, you know, business and friendship. But I think that's hard when, when especially in startups, when, you know, work is play. And you guys met in, in university, right? So how have you managed that over the years, your relationship? And where did it start? What did, what did, what did you foresee each other? Work is play. When you love your job, you never, I've never worked a day in my life. It's always been, no, it's been, it's, there have been, no, as you say, there have been, uh, uh, there have been real challenges. And, you know, when Alon and I first uh, met, it was in, it, it was in college, you know, kind of from the beginning, we were fantasizing uh, about what it'd be like to, to start a business together. And it was kind of, you know, we were in college, we didn't really know what we were talking about, but we had some ideas and we kind of, I think, sensed that, you know, we would work well together, but definitely, you know, as you say, as time passes and you go through, you know, various very fun and great experiences working together and also uh, experiences which are um, not that. And then you, you, you sort of learn that some of the uh, tension that exists and makes things um, sometimes not, you know, play is also very important tension uh, in the creative process. It's, uh, it's a tough thing to, um, you know, it's a tough thing to really, really uh, come to terms with, like how much uh, tension must exist and how messy the creative process uh, can be. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Alon and I, um, you know, love each other so much, and yet we can uh, get on each other's uh, nerves. And I think that's very productive, but also, 
you know, it's it's more complicated than we were just just friends hanging out, you know. Well, also, like, you know, we can only really speak for ourselves the truth. And, you know, I know for myself and I think I know this deeply about Tom is I don't think either of us would want to work really, really closely with someone and be in this sort of situation with another person and not be super close as well. Um, and you have to have your your boundaries with people. But like, you know, I, I don't I could not be I could not start a company with someone where we have a strictly business relationship. It just doesn't it just doesn't compute. And so if you want to have that sort of thing with, with a person, that collaboration and friendship, you know, get ready for some hard times. It's, it's pretty hard. Well, let me ask you this. Are you still in a couples therapy? Yes, we are. We go every week. And uh, our couples therapist uh, lately for the past, you know, I don't know, almost, I don't know, a year or so has been giving us a lot of credit for how, how far we've come. You know, he's always like, we you guys are doing him, though, Like the money is, you know, you, I love him. I love him to death. Uh, I love him. So he got me on the Chase Sapphire Reserve card, but like ultimately, it's a great card. Um, you know, no one. Yeah, good card. Ultimately, um, yeah, he got you, you know. You're, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we went on Wednesday, uh, and um, yeah, it's. I think it's 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 very helpful. I mean, I think that you know whether it's couples therapy or not, uh, and whether it's your business partner or not, I think one of the key insights to that is spending time together. In an unstructured way, which is related to like being friends, in addition to being business people, is incredibly uh, important because you know you can't make uh, an agenda to talk about the important, really important, often emotional related to creativity things that are going on. You can't have the agenda, so you've got to get together and talk about um, in an unstructured way and, and 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 talk about hard hard things. And I think um, you know you don't need couples therapy necessarily to do that. I certainly don't go to couples therapy with all the people at the company that I need to get together with. Um, but I think that's just like a very important, uh, a very important part of, of business, the one-on-one. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. Payment is essentially the handshake at the end of every online transaction. So don't make it awkward for your customer. Make it easy. Make it secure. Make it seamless. That's what Braintree means by Rethink Payments. It's not just a set of steps tacked onto the end of the customer's purchase. It's an opportunity to enhance their experience of your brand and increase the likelihood of repeat purchases. That's the Braintree philosophy. Braintree. Rethink Payments. Find out more at BraintreePayments.com. Well, it's interesting because you're so right. I mean, I've started a couple shows with friends, and and there's just nothing like it because you're spending all your time together. I mean, I think I was living with the person that I was working with, and you realize, like, you're just never not together. And, of course, if you're together and you're hungry and ambitious, you're just going to be working the whole time. It's amazing how deeply unsettled you can feel with another person almost like it is in a bad marriage how do you have hard conversations with each other because you really do have to talk to each other right and address conflict yeah you know i think you know we've learned a lot you know if you if you talk to us at the beginning like there were some intense like peer like when we lived together when we when we first uh, came up with that text crowdsourcing site or whatever there <laughs> what was the url textprompts.com text text prompts. that's a, i'm surprised you didn't yeah. say that yeah. um well i kind of want to read by the url <laughs> but, uh, but you know there were there were icy times like you know we'd have a day where like one of us would walk into the apartment and because of some subtext that we weren't we didn't have the language so you needed to annotate your feelings yeah really. like yeah, we should have gotten into the annotation chamber together or something. But like, there were times when it's just, it's so hard to coexist with someone if there's like a subtext that you can't talk about. And and your tendency is to kind of 
round the edges and maybe tell yourself that it's not what it is or this thing I'm thinking that's bugging me is not actually serious and important and you just got to practice you know we've talked to each other so much over the years and it's just it's just made us you know a lot closer we've just learned a lot about you know friendship it's been great and it's also about learning things from someone else's perspective you know I think what makes Alon and my working together work when it works well is that we come at problems from a different perspective we have very different personalities and I think what we've done over the years has been to um, or at least speaking for myself, has been to understand the other person's perspective better. I think that I... Especially in the early days, like, you know, I think a big source of, you know, I had this tendency, and I still do, to, like, really, really, like, plan stuff out. Like, make the list, you got the boxes, you check off the boxes, and um, that's often a good way to uh, uh, to look at what to do, but... You know, there's a, there's a harm to overly planning stuff out, and especially when you act, it can, act, it can make you less pleasant also to work with. And so Alon is often like, in other respects too, there's an example of foil for sometimes that way of thinking, although he can make a mean spreadsheet um, himself, <laughs> much love, but like I feel like I've gotten through self, you know, through therapy, through looking at myself, through reading things, I've gotten better along that dimension at even when I'm pushing my Tom caricature wind-up doll way of looking at it, I still, in the back of my mind, can see, okay, I'm doing the Tom caricature thing. This is, like, part of reality. There are other parts of reality. Just chill out. You're 32 now. You're still a Capricorn, et cetera. <laughs> and do you ever tell yourself, I mean, if you're really upset, I know that this has helped me in the past, that, like, it's just because you care. You know, like, you drive each other insane, and you annoy each other, but but it's because you love each other, you, you, you care about each other, you both care about the same things. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think, you know, when you are in, you know, shared struggle, and this is sort of Toulon's point, which is the, the great kind of tragedy of, and the great amazingness of business is on the one hand, um, it is very hard, you have to have your boundaries, you know, and, and you know, Alon and I came into this very close, but we of course have our boundaries, and people you don't start as friends with and become friends with, you know, you, you, you know, have to have boundaries there too, but there is something very unique and special about shared struggle and how that brings you together. And so, you know, not just Alon, but all of, um, you know, the people who, uh, you know, everyone at the company and some, it's like, I feel very close, uh, with them in part because of the thing we are all trying to do together and how the setbacks are shared and, and the successes uh, are shared. And that's just a very way, a very deep way of, uh, of building relationships, especially, as you say, when you spend so much time with a person or a group of people. And so, you know, I think that being in it together and experiencing the ups and downs really does uh, bind you uh, together. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, let me ask, are you seeing anybody? Is there a, a special person in your life? Do you have relationships? I'm married. You're married? Yeah. I am seeing uh, someone, but I, too, am married to the game. <laughs> okay. As Lil Wayne once said, I'm married to the game, and I love my wifey. Stepping over the competition, man, I love these Nikes. <laughs> That's what Lil Wayne said. Okay, well, listen, you know, we can open with that. Um, I, I uh, Now, does, does your wife, Elon, Tom, you said you were married? Elon, I'm Elon, married. you're we're married. Both, we're both married to the game. Yeah, and I have a girlfriend. Sad. He is a the girlfriend and and is any point that they like sort of like you know what Elon and Tom like you gotta like you need to focus on me you're, you're spending a little much, too much time with each other has it become a source of of uh, irritation or jealousy? I think if anything, my wife is like, stop following me around our apartment. Go play with Tom. Oh, go play with Tom. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I I, uh, 
I think, you know, my wife and Tom are very good friends and, uh, you know, we like to hang out together. So no, not really. I think, in, you know, I think, I think we do a good job with all that. I can confirm that we are playing together on Saturday. Unless something <laughs> happens, it is going to happen. How would your therapist feel about that? Wouldn't he say, he or she say, you know, take the weekend off? It's weird. Like we were talking about that there is one, uh, you know, therapy session quite a while ago we had, which was, oh my God, like it was total carnage. Like, you know, we were wearing the lobster bibs, but even with that, it was crazy. And then we left the therapy session and we got on a plane together to do some work, but also fun thing and spend the whole weekend uh, together. And we were thinking about just like how weird that is in, in, uh, Life. Well, like we were so good. We were going at it so I remember this very clearly. We were going at it so hard in the therapy session that as we went on to like go on the plane and do our thing, we had some meetings or whatever, we were like laughing at like, like what if the therapist knew that like, you know, we were kind of like, we made up and we, 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 uh, we settled into our, our new fun reality together or whatever. But like, you go, you go pretty hard. Like if you, it's not, you should know if you're starting a business with someone, expect to feel like you're pushing the edge of, of like staying friends with someone, <laughs> like it gets pretty dark, but you know, we're, we're very resilient. You know, we, we always in the back of our mind, in the, in the back pocket, we kind of know that we're, we're just, we're acting out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I found the best way for you to buy travel. It's upside.com. Here's why I really like them and why everyone I tell also likes them. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth $100, $200, even $300 every time. You get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundling saves a ton of money, especially on business travel, so keep that in mind. So they give you an Amazon gift card. Your company saves money, and you still keep all your miles, which is very handy. And right now, when you use the code Forbes, you're guaranteed a free $200 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes gets you a guaranteed $200 Amazon gift card. How can you not do it? Seriously, how can you not do it? Upside, save big on travel and get a big gift card every time. Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See the site for complete details. Hi, I'm Clay Smith, host of Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews, the podcast for book lovers interested in interviews with best-selling authors, insider scoop on the hottest releases, reading ideas for book clubs and bibliophiles, and even tips about which books to skip all together. So be sure to download new episodes of Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews every Tuesday. You can get it on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. In the early days, the TechCrunch startup bro days that, you know, they were sort of branded the two of you together. Were you, do you ever feel like, were you more confident when you were younger than you are at 32? Even though you could look back and say like now maybe you've raised more money or that you have more 
of a business? I often think about it in exactly that way. And in fact, there is a, uh, um, sorry to be whatever, but there is a, a Bob Dylan lyric, which I always uh, say that to me perfectly encapsulates this and is something that I literally had never understood until I experienced this for myself. It's a, uh, it's a song called My Back Pages, which I think was uh, originally The Birds or something. But in it, there's a line where he says, um, I was so much older than that, I'm younger than that now. And I was always just like, what are you talking about? Because usually like the arrow of time, uh, but it's a metaphor, which means that when you're younger, you know, as you say, you're full of, uh, you think you've, um, you know, figured some stuff out and, and you understand what's going on. You can act accordingly. And, you know, some of that stuff is, is, is good because it gives you, um, you know, it gives you the courage to do, you know, stuff that is, uh, seems like it's not going to, um, not going to work. I mean, we, uh, when we started Genius, we were doing this, what was a, a fun thing and, and, and we didn't have, um, you know, we were in a stage where we didn't have to have the expectations of it being like totally rational from a business sense in the early days and it allowed us to free us up to be a little bit uh, creative. But then as you get older, you, you know, realize that maybe you weren't. So uh, you didn't have everything under control. And so right now I definitely feel um, much younger. But I want to talk about how things, you know, worked out for you guys because, you know, Ben Horowitz is somebody who loves hip hop. And when you guys were rap genius, did things kind of work out for you where you were already already interested in unpacking uh, rap and hip hop? And then and then, of course, one of the biggest VC guys on the planet happens to love and, and be deeply influenced by hip hop over the course of his life sees you and is like, hey, this is, I'm going to invest in you. How did you enter Ben Horowitz's world? How did he enter yours? Well, we, he entered our world in the most literal sense because when we were in Y Combinator, he came and gave a talk, which I, uh, I remember being, uh, you know, it's a great talk. It's a funny talk. I remember in that talk, he said, he told his whole story, which is now like sort of better known if you read his book or read the stuff he's written. But at the time, hard thing was, about hard things, right? Right. So I highly recommend the book and just reading just his insights uh, on, on business and psychology, right? But just even just literally reading him tell the story of Opsware and the trials and tribulations of that and how, you know, how dark it got and how it ended up good and how he had to deal with, uh, with all the, the obstacles. And I remember him explaining his whole story. And he said, uh, and I tell this story to you for uh, two reasons. One uh, is something. And the other is that just so you know, no matter how bad you have it, I had it way worse. You know, you got to you know, figure, figure stuff out. And um, so he was, you know, a very inspiring speaker. We liked him. We hit him up because we knew that there was obviously an overlap in interest, but only sort of later did, uh, when the site had progressed more, did he like sort of, you know, take a look and respond and, and, and talk to us a little bit more about the sort of deeper thing that we uh, were doing, which I think he was able to understand better because he uh, really appreciated hip hop. So, you know, in other words, like, it wasn't like the site appealed to him as a, uh, as an investment and as a project because it was about hip hop. But I think his love uh, of hip hop allowed him to understand what we really thought was really important about it, which was both this idea of uh, annotation as a tool to understand art and culture, and also specifically as crowdsourcing and the system we had built to zone in on uh, the best annotation uh, of what could be a confusing line and how that method, how that technology had uh, a big potential. And so, you know, to understand that, you really had to be someone who um, took an interest in in the content that was uh, that was on the site. And so, that was certainly a lucky. Um, a lucky thing that, that Ben had that perspective. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
The Forbes Under 30 podcast is brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. That's true. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. We should say that Y Combinator is this big, you know, incubator for start gives startups a lot of help and runway to really, you know, achieve their potential and 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 reach success. And and Ben Horowitz is somebody. I mean, I, I think I was reading you guys went over to his house. You've met through him, Nas and Kanye, right? I mean, uh, we actually met Nas uh, a while before through Troy Carter, uh, oh, wow. who is another of our seed in. He's actually a seed investor, one of the first people who ever really believed in us, and he uh, is an awesome guy and a great investor. Uh, and he introduced us to Anthony Soleil, who is was then and is still Nas's uh, wonderful manager and a, and a brilliant guy. He also manages Future, and so we've been we've been knowing Nas for a long time. And uh, but Ben has introduced us to a ton of amazing people and has welcomed us into his family. And um, and you know we consider Ben our uh, true. Uh, one of our, our great friends and, and a true mentor. Well, and he can give you a lot of insight, too, because he doesn't get along with Andreessen all that well, right? I mean, they, they, they sometimes they, they, they hack it out, the two of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, but they talk about it. Ben talks about it in his book, uh, which really resonated with us, which was you. Uh, it's like you can't have the, – the rope can't be totally tense or totally slack. You know, you've got to – there's got to be some friction in order to have uh, creativity between a, in a partnership. And so Ben and Mark – uh, yell at each other and disagree and call each other names and stuff, but they're also really close. But they do not go on vacation together. Uh, I, they don't have the same type of relationship as as uh, as Tom and as Tom and I do. And you know, I'm really hopeful that Tom and I can also <laughs> remain like really close friends our whole lives. And I, we, I think we will. How much funding have you guys raised? Can you tell me that? Uh, Fifty-seven million. Fifty-seven million dollars. Yeah. Does that ever give you puzzle? Like, does that come with a little bit of a pressure cooker that you sit in to think like, oh, my God, we better start making some money off this or, oh, my God, we better live up to something? Does that does that come with some expectations? Of course. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of money and you want to spend it wisely and build something valuable and significant and build a great business. And so, you know, yeah, there's a ton of pressure when you start a business. And I think the pressure we feel more is we've hired all these great people. Uh, we want them to be happy. We want them to be well uh, compensated. We want them to work well together in a functional way and be inspired by the work they do. For sure, we uh, you know feel the pressure of, of of raising money and building a business too. But I think we also you know have perspective. You know, it's just it's ultimately uh, ultimately we're building a business here. But like, there's there's people who really suffer, and so like the the pressure of raising money is nothing compared to the pressure of real hardship. Yeah. And just to underscore what Alon saying in a second ago about like the people who work at genius and have worked at genius and, you know, believe in the idea. It's like taking money is, is there is a responsibility there, but ultimately um, the people who invest, they have many, you know, many investments, they have funds, uh, they are, um, you know, prepared for uh, a risk. And so working at a startup also is a risky thing, but it's like the people who work at genius, the people who invest their time, like you've got one life, you know, and it takes a while to get something done. And so I think, you know, the biggest thing, you know, in terms of, uh, of, 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 of the sort of responsibility is doing some great stuff with the people who um, work at the company, the people who made real trade-offs uh, to work here, the people who, you know, believe in what uh, they are doing. And, you know, we want to take that energy and the energy of our own life forces and spend it as, as wisely as possible because you only, 
you only live once, and it's a big bet to spend a lot of time um, working on on Genius. And now that you've you know galvanized people around the idea, and it's, and it's been around for a while, do you look at what are some of the revenue streams, like like uh, licensing deals or premium accounts or collaborations? So yeah, I mean, you know, one of the big things we're exploring is advertising in various forms. You know, what we try to think of Genius providing broadly from a uh, an audience standpoint is the deeper story, the um, you know, the ability to subtitles what people were saying uh, as I was mentioning before, but just broadly speaking the ability to to look deeper into what's happening and so we want to give marketers, brands the ability to sponsor that experience, so whether that means sponsoring annotations that appear on Genius, sponsoring annotations that uh, appear on other websites within um, streaming services, or just you know sponsoring or or getting involved with the video series that we're putting out, which are you know not literally annotation products, but they are representing this idea of you know a way that um, when something happens in in culture that you can find out the deeper story with Genius, and and we want to get brands involved in that. I mean, right now you can type in genius dot com slash before any website. Is that true? That is. Correct. You can type it, you hit enter, and then all of a sudden you can annotate that page. You're working with Spotify too, right? Yeah, we have a great partnership with Spotify where, you know, it's really like kind of pop-up video for the streaming uh, product where you're listening to a song and you just, as you listen, you can watch and learn about the song. And, you know, it's, it's really, really fun. And what it gestures at, which we think is really exciting, is just a true innovation on... Uh, the experience of listening uh, to a single song. So like the way we think about it is if you look at streaming services, which are all sort of an amazing uh, development, you know, to looking back, you know, five, 10 years, the idea that any song would be instantly at your fingertips anywhere. Um, that's amazing. But ultimately that is an advancement in the ability to find a song to play or to get recommended a song to play or to get a playlist uh, that you like. But when you're actually, actually, actually listening to a song, um, is it that much different from having a, um, you know, a portable uh, CD player. And, um, you know, we think there's just a lot of uh, cool innovation to be done to, to, to improve on that experience beyond just showing you um, the album art. And so, you know, what we did, what we're doing with Spotify out there today that you can experience is uh, our first gesture in that direction. Um, but we think there's just a ton uh, of, of innovation that, you know, the internet is going to enable beyond the ability to uh, find the song you want to listen to or get recommended. Uh, a song. Another big dimension is interactivity. Like, you know, I think that, um, you know, you should just as reading uh, uh, and experiencing lyrics and, and context on genius.com is and should be a game where you can um, earn, you know, points and, and, and stature for how much knowledge you have and how dedicated you are to an artist. You should have that same experience uh, within Spotify, within every streaming service. You know, there's you, you, you get followers in Spotify and playlists have followers. And so you're rewarded for taste and for your ability to recommend stuff and your, for your ability to get on the new stuff and know it, but are you rewarded for knowledge? You know, and, and, and I think there's a lot of people on Spotify who have a bunch of knowledge and wouldn't mind getting some points for it. And so that's what, that's what we're about in a lot of ways too. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Small businesses are at the heart of our communities in the places that we could not live without, I could not live without, Steve Arino's Coffee Shop. It's, it's actually a coffee shop. It's called Steve Marino's. I know it sounds a little vain because my name is Steve, but literally this is a small business that I love. Whether you have been in business for generations or recently launched, creating a website on WordPress.com can make a big impact on your business. 
Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress can guide you through the process. They have hundreds of customized themes to get you started. You'll get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing. When you build your website on WordPress.com, you are part of a community with support 24-7. Come see why 27% of all websites run on WordPress. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to wordpress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website, wordpress.com slash Forbes. Well, listen, you you know, you guys have uh, come up in an environment that was uh, ripe with innovation. You're graduates of Y Combinator. You've seen the Bay Area change when you were out there. Do you, I'm sure people come up to you all the time, you know, young, scrappy entrepreneurs who have an idea. What advice do you give them? Well, I think one, I, don't know, I, don't I think, uh, you know, one thing is when I, I remember being kind of in those, I mean, I still, as I, as I was saying, feel very much younger now, but when I was literally younger and say, when we got into Y Combinator, I remember thinking, you know, wow, like we're in Y Combinator. We have all of this access. Now we can talk to people who are going to be able to help us with our business. We're going to be able to talk to experts. We're going to be able to talk to people who've done it before. Uh, And we did that stuff. And often it was quite inspiring and interesting, but rarely did it really help answer the actual practical questions that we had and the stuff that we were actually literally struggling with because there was, you know, it's very hard to give someone the amount of of context and knowledge and what you know and feel to like have them answer that, these sort of actual questions. And so what we found was that you can turn to experts for inspiration, but you've got to solve the hard problems uh, yourself. And so part of the value of getting into Y Combinator, I think, at least for us, was learning that there are no hidden secrets, you know, Illuminati cheat code thing. It's like, okay, no matter how much you pull back uh, the curtain of being involved in, you know, what's going on in, you know, the world of, of startups in the Bay Area, you've still got to solve the problems uh, yourself, which is kind of stressful, but also kind of inspiring. No one's going to be able to, to solve this stuff yourself. And I think another thing we learned was sometimes there are experts who um, you need to talk to, like for example, you know, you've you've got to employ you know someone to help you with your taxes and someone to help you with the legal side of fundraising. But even then, you have to have some real trust in your ability to, for example, read a contract and reason about it, or check the math of even a fantastic lawyer. And so, I think having a certain skepticism of experts, while you still respect what they can do to help you, is 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 very important. And uh, it's actually one of our isms. You can, if you Google genius isms, you can see it there. And so, you know, one thing I would say to someone coming up to me for advice is, um, you know, maybe I can say something that's kind of inspiring or funny, but like ultimately, like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, it's just you gotta try the best. I I agree. I mean, everyone is really desperate for someone to tell them what reality is and what the future holds. And especially when you're taking a big risk in your life. And people come all the time. You know, young people say, I've got this idea, and maybe that day I actually look at that idea and maybe inside I think wow this is really cool or maybe inside I think this is totally hopeless and definitely going to fail and it doesn't matter what I think like it just doesn't matter I don't know maybe I ate something for breakfast and I'm feeling good or maybe I forgot to eat breakfast and I'm feeling bad or whatever maybe I just don't have enough information like ultimately you're a human being fundamentally very private decision to take a risk on your life and choose your work and make that private decision and do the best you can and you know Good luck. Well, yeah, if someone comes up to me and says, what do you think of this idea? I think the responsible thing to say is like, 
you know, here maybe some thought, but like fundamentally, I have no idea. I am not going to help you decide whether to keep working on this or to not working on this or if it's promising or it's not. It's just extremely, extremely hard to know. One thing I would say, uh, whether it's this particular idea or another idea or something, I would say don't quit. You know, that's one thing I would say because no matter what happens, it's going to be hard and seem bleak and be way longer at certain – it's going to take long and seem bad at certain points. But I think one overall message uh, is no matter how bad it seems, uh, you have way more strength within you to overcome and be at peace. And so do not uh, quit. Do not give up. Um, do not give up on, on people either. You know, you know help, help people and, and – you know. I guess another thing I would just say, and this is something Dan Gilbert, who is a very, very wealthy man uh, who's been very successful, is insistent upon, and I think he's right, is don't let money be your sort of leading. He says the money, the money follows; it doesn't lead, and so don't do something where money is at the leading edge of your motivation. That will end up hurting you in the end. You were at university together and the business has really grown. So now all these other things come into account, like you're managing people, you have a business, you've got to worry about HR, you've got to worry about 401ks. Do you have an actionable piece of advice for people who are running a business and and growing a business? Yeah, I would say... uh... I would say a couple things. So one, one piece of advice is uh, people in an organization full of people, people are going to come with, uh, there's going to be friction between people, between departments. Um, you know, as soon as that happens, uh, you get the people together. So if someone says, I'm having this problem with this other person and, um, you know, we can't work together very well and da, 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 immediately just you get them in the same room and talk it out immediately together. That's, that's one piece of advice. And my second piece of advice is, as you grow, uh, be sure to hire diverse talent uh, at your company and get people in uh, that are not a homogenous group of folks uh, because uh, it is extremely important to have everybody's uh, uh, different perspectives in the room and it actually makes everything function a lot, a lot better and more intelligently than a bunch of people who come from the same background and group think. And is it true that it's also the simplest ideas that like the, the, the sometimes the easiest, the most straightforward ideas are the ones that will last the longest. I mean, it still seems like, you know, unpacking ideas, unpacking script is still really at the center of your world. It's true. It's really, it's really wild. You know, we for a while until I, uh, until we like took it down for some reason. There was a place on the internet you could go to called Genius Genesis where you could look at the very, 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 very first version of the website. And, um, you know, it was obviously quite primitive, but the same fundamental interaction existed where you'd click the line and the bloopy would pop up and say what the line meant, although the meaning was less, you know, it wasn't crowdsourced, it was worse then. And so, you know, yeah, I think if uh, definitely one broad good thing that you can try to do is try to do something that's like pretty simple. But, you know, it's also, who knows, you know, simplicity is tough, like product, the user experience on Genius is simple, but what goes on behind the scenes uh, oh, it's yeah. pretty complicated. It's like, the hardest it's, thing. I think it's the hardest thing to come up with a simple idea. Games have an ability to be more – you could have a game that's more complicated. That's more stuff to do. But if it's a game, it, it's very hard. It's very hard to do to have to recognize what simplicity is. Well, look. It's a great idea. It's very simple. It's, it's wide-ranging. It's collaborative. I, uh, I want to thank both of you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. 
I'm John Horn. I'm the host of Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. I'm here with our very first guest, Rain Wilson. Hi, John. It looks like I'm the first guest on the Geffen Unclothed. Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, let's go with that. A marriage made in heaven, I guess. Or Westwood. Tune in for some of our exciting upcoming guests. David Copperfield, Neil LaBute, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Rita Wilson, and many more. Be sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app and on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. And, and I'm Rain Wilson, the first guest. You are no, the this, very first guest. This was a huge uh, mistake. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Huge mistake. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.